I'm Michael Dunn, and you're listening to Oregon Rainmakers from KLCC Studios. My guest today is Dr. Stephanie Bolger, the president of Lane Community College. While relatively new to Lane, Bolger has extensive experience leading community colleges around the nation. We're going to talk about her vision for Lane and how she'll lead the organization through the economic and societal challenges facing higher education. Dr. Stephanie Bolger, welcome. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, we're so glad to have you. So going back, when did you decide that education was going to become your career? I believe I decided that education would become my career quite a long time ago. I come from a family of educators, and uh, my mother's an early childhood educator, retired. I have a father, um, well, an, uh, an uncle, excuse me, who is um, a retired uh, private liberal arts college faculty member. We come from a long line of cousins and others who are educators, and it really all started with my great-grandfather, I believe, who was a sharecropper okay. and in the South. And he, and this is on my, on my mother's side, and he instilled in all of his children, and he had quite a lot of them, instilled in all of his children the value of education and how education was going to be the pathway out of the poverty after, after enslavement that they were, that he had found himself in, of course. And that has resonated through my family and lifted up our family and lifted up the successive generations. And so um, in my personal orientation, certainly they were mostly K-12 teachers and then college faculty, but I was really interested in community colleges. Now, how I came to that is because after I finished a master's degree in 19th and 20th century British and American literature, I went to work in corporate sales because that's what you do when you finish a degree focusing on 19th and 20th century British and American literature. (laughs) And along the way, I was going to a lot of colleges and universities and discovered, essentially, the community college mission because I did not go to the community college as an undergraduate. Discovered the community college mission, and I noticed how they were reaching into the community, partnering with the community, and lifting up and transforming individuals. And when they transformed individuals, they were also transforming communities. And I was hooked. I was very, very interested in that. So that's really what led me to education and to community colleges. So I went to the University of Michigan, and I uh, got a degree, a doctorate in um, higher education, And while I was there, we had the internet happening. So this is around, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And the internet happened. And what I saw was how the internet was uh, becoming, um, becoming much more accessible to the average person. And so um, this was really the advent of online education. I was hooked there, too. <laughs> and so I went and started working for an education technology company. And from there, that led me into uh, community colleges. And would, I've been working in community colleges for about 20 years now, and now I'm here in Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> Love it here. By way of San Diego and Detroit, and you, you, you've, you've been around the country. You know, it's interesting, as you're talking, I'm thinking, so early on, you saw that, that community colleges fulfill a need that maybe 
isn't being met and needs to be met in terms of, like you said, lifting up households and lifting up people who, if community college didn't exist, might fall through the cracks. I say the exact thing that you're saying right now is that if community colleges did not exist, we'd have to create them because we the, the communities need an institution that has a comprehensive mission like a community college. And so we serve many different kinds of needs for the community. We, If you are new to the country and English is your second language and you want to learn English and you want a pathway to the middle class in this country, you come to the community college. If you are a high school graduate and you're undecided about what you want to do afterwards, well, the community college is a place to come. If you are a high-performing a high school graduate, you know exactly what you want to do, and you have some financial challenges, go to the community college. If you are a learner who needs to have small class sizes and specialized attention, come to the community college. So um, I have mentioned transfer education. I have mentioned career technical education. That means you come to the community college, you earn a, you take a course, you may earn a certificate, you may earn, um, earn a degree, you go directly to work. We call that career te- technical education. We do that. We do uh, adult basic education. Um, I mentioned some of the ESL. We do GEDs. So if you have not completed your GED, your high school diploma, then a community college is a place to come. And so we do all of that. And that makes us distinctive. In fact, in the 1960s, that's when community colleges, almost one a week, was created because we were trying to educate masses of people. And so certainly community colleges and the community college model is quite a bit older than that, coming out of a junior college system, essentially meaning the 13th and 14th year of education. But um, we have a comprehensive mission, and that mission is so valid today that if we did not exist, we would need to create community colleges. Well, your discussion point about technology when when you were sort of early on in your your career – Tech, technology, is, or certainly the internet, has, has been part of the democratization of education, and community colleges are sort of on that same access point. It's it's all about inclusive, you know, in, including people versus excluding people. It certainly is about <clears throat> including people and not excluding people. In fact, um, most of the students, most of the undergraduates in this country, whether you're going to a community college or university, those students are students of color. And many of them are at community colleges. So we have some of the most diverse student populations ever. And so when you think about technology and how um, technology has democratized education, then certainly the first thing you think about is online education. And I can say over the last 20 years, we have learned so much about the quality of online education and how to create much more, much greater and much higher quality courses. And so these courses have engagement. Yeah. You do discuss with students and your faculty member, and so there's much more engagement than there used to be. Sure. You know, during your, your robust career in, 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 in community college, you, you've, you've been an instructor in classrooms, but 
what was the point when you said, I, I so much believe in this that I want to enter into leadership and help set the course for community colleges and maybe, uh, you know, the overall collection of community colleges going forward? When I entered into the community college, I was an associate dean of instruction. I had taught before. I had okay. taught for, uh, composition courses and other kinds of courses. But when I went into the community college, I was an associate dean of instruction, and I was interested always in distance education because that's what my dissertation was on. That's what it was early 2000s, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a game changer. I, I'm going to be a president of a an institution that delivers <clears throat> online education. And along the way, I remember very distinctly that it was the chancellor who noted, noticed me, who noticed me, <laughs> and, um, and said that I had a broader career than just distance education. And so one of the things I've learned in, in, in my journey is that sometimes you can see leadership potential. And what I have always done since then is to help develop other people um, primarily women, but other people as well in, in their own leadership potential. So someone noticed me, started giving me ex experiences. I call them stretch exercises now. Okay. And started giving me experiences, and I started taking on more and stretching and expanding and seeing how I could impact the mission through other people. And so leadership for me is really about empowering other people to do their best work. When you, and it sounds like you're probably pretty active in, 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 in taking on mentees, to, you, you being a mentor. What are you looking for in that relationship? Or what do, you, what do you see? What are the sort of the raw materials of someone that you might say, I, I think that person shows real promise. What do they need to show you so that you realize this is going to work? I tell you, sometimes people <clears throat> don't even recognize their own leadership potential. One of the things I certainly look for is, is someone who's excited about what we do, excited about the mission, that they tend to show up, <laughs> they yeah. tend to be engaged, even on their own. They tend to be people who are searching for something and searching, searching for purpose for themselves. So I don't, I look at certainly people who have raw ambition. I like people like that. Sure. Certainly who have raw ambition, but those who are less ambitious and they're, and they're, but they're looking and they're searching. And so those are the kind of people that I generally seek out, um, notice and do what others did for me when I was, when I was coming up. And so we've I've, um, helped partnered, collaborated, I would call it, with many, many people over the years. And it's been so gratifying to see them blossom in their careers and go on and do really, really great things. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Well, we're going to take our first break. We're talking, we're talking with Dr. Stephanie Bolger, the, the president for Lane Community College. We'll be right back. I'm Barbara Dellenbach, host of KLCC's Oregon Grapevine. Carrie Timchuk is the executive director of the Oregon Historical Society. Timchuk says history and archives are vital to culture. 
History is so much more than just memorizing names and dates and places. I think history gets a bum rap in our schools. It's stories of life and death and victory and accomplishment, and progress and failure. Carrie Timchuk talks about the Oregon Trail, Motown, and Northwest art on the newest Oregon grapevine at klcc.org. And we're back talking with Dr. Stephanie Bulger from, uh, from LCC, the, 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 the fairly new president. If she answers her phone, I'm sure it's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> maybe one of your mentors um, or mentees, I should say. So, so talk, you know, you, 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 you joined us in July, I believe, is when you, when you first came on. So, and it's been a few months, um, still kind of that, 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 that sort of new, new period. But tell us about your vision for where you want to take LCC in the next year to five years, your, your, your middle term plan, if you will. I have to start, <clears throat> Michael, with what what attracted me to Lane Community College. And Lane, LCC has a national reputation that many here in the county are, are not aware of, but mm. it's really a great and storied institution. And because, for many, many reasons, and the first and founding president of Lane Community College is Dale Parnell, and he comes out of Springfield, just our adjacent city there, and he was the first and founding president. He left here. He went to San Diego Community College District, where I was right before coming here. He was also president of our national association called the American Association for Community Colleges. Lane Community College was one of the founding members of an organization called the League for Innovation in the Community College. So Lane has a storied career and has a national reputation. And um, that's really important because, for me, because as I was um, interested in community colleges and taking that next step in my leadership journey, I wanted to be at a college that had the foundation of excellence and quality to be able to build on. And so when I would go to conferences, AACC conferences and other conferences, then I would always go to Lane Community College's sessions because they were always... In not just informative, but I knew that I would be able to take something back to my institution that was was innovative. So I knew about Lane Community College even before before I arrived. And my first time in Eugene was in 2016, I believe it was, at a League for Innovation in the Community College meeting because both the Lane and also my institution at San Diego in San Diego were both board member colleges. So. That's kind of what's led me to Lane Community College, and I have not been disappointed. I have um, such great respect for the very, very talented faculty, the very talented classified professionals, and the leadership team that I've been able to assemble so far. I believe about 90% of my leadership team is actually new to their role on the cabinet, which is really kind of... um, Exciting. So bringing people up who have wanted to have this next experience in their careers, and you just have the, um, the dedication and commitment and also the raw talent that you've, that you've got on the leadership team. So I could not be happier. In terms of um, <clears throat> comparisons with where I've come from, okay. you've got urban environments. You've got the city of San Diego, and you've got the city of Detroit, where I was before that. Where I was, it was five campuses and a university center five campuses throughout Wayne County. And the differences are sometimes a bit stark, <laughs> actually, <laughs> just in terms of the sheer numbers of people and the in, in the county. And 
But the the similarities for me outweigh the differences. And so similarities being that the college has always been a little more outward focusing and not so inward focusing. So for a college like Lane that is in somewhat of a rural environment, certainly small cities, but then a very rural environment around it, you would not know that because of the um, the kinds of information and um, the reputation that comes out of the college. So I think there are really more similarities than there are differences. But for me personally, of course, in terms of scale, yes, I have been in much larger environments, many more students, many, many much more population. The other example that I would give, though, in, in, by way of comparison that, it, that I've been really, really excited about is because of the size, I believe, of Eugene and Eugene's commitment to, and Springfield's commitment and the county's commitment to Lane, um, Lane is really a gem of this county. Mm. And, um, <clears throat> and so in terms of um, the, the participation by the community, in terms of the welcoming of the community, to me, I think that that has gone faster then it may have gone in, say, a larger environment. There are just so many more people, um, so so many more people to um, to to talk to, so that you're you know you're you're actually gaining that kind of traction. But here it's been a much faster process. So I've been here. This is my fifth month, uh, going into my fifth month, and I tell you, I feel like I've been here a year <laughs> because because of that. So one of the things you asked me about was my vision for Lane Community College, and one of the things that we're doing together is that we're taking a look at some foundational elements for the college, and so we're taking a really close look at our fiscal condition, at our enrollment, and our enrollment system in particular, and also our institutional culture, because, you know, you probably know this quote uh, from Peter Drucker, it's... um, Culture eats strategy for <laughs> breakfast. You probably have heard yep, that. Yep. And so we think that these are three leggeds of a stool. And so as we build a foundation for, for Lane coming through the pandemic, um, then we're, we'll be able to build on um, this solid foundation as we move forward into the future. My vision is um, based on those areas and it is to serve more people in Lane County and even outside of Lane County. There's some huge, huge opportunities for that. For us being able to go out in the community, I was just at a, about a week ago or so, I was at a Latino parents uh, event at Springfield High School. And I just call out this one because I want everyone in the county to know that I will go anywhere <laughs> and talk about what Lane Community College offers and what we can provide to the community because I think that we have such well-kept secrets. Let me give you a couple of examples. So if you want to be a first responder in a fire or EMS or um, you want to be in the health professions, these are areas where any individual can stay right here in in Lane County and have a really good paying job that has mobility. We have a new, well, newish drone program. In this program, you are able to build a drone. 
this is a drone that you can take with you. In some cases, I've heard stories about people earning $100,000 after completing what we would consider essentially a two-year program. We have programs in animation and graphic design. If you want to uh, go to the best universities in this country, including our own University of Oregon Mm -hmm. or Oregon State University here in this state, you can come to us and have an affordable, high-quality education, small class sizes, knowing your professor's names. You're not in a 400-seat lecture hall. And you can go to some of the best universities in this country. And so we have an incredible value proposition that I don't think a lot of people are fully aware of. So what I'd like to do is when I talk to people, Michael, about the vision for, for Lane, is to say, come, check us out, tour the campus. We have much more to say to you about who we are today. We are your grandparents, Lane Community College, but we're also (laughs) a Lane Community College of today. I want to also tell you that part of the vision is was relayed to me. And so I'm a very good listener. I listen to the community as I talk to a lot of people. And I have a community transitions team. And these are community members who, <clears throat> who shared with me essentially what their vision for Lane Community College was. And one of the things that they shared to me, uh, with me was that um, there's essentially a need for a workforce hub in Lane County, a place where people can come even throughout their careers and be trained, be skilled, upskilled, reskilled throughout their entire careers. And so I thought, that's it. That's for Lane Community College. And so that's one of the things that we're thinking about, a, um, a being a workforce hub for Lane County. And so what helps with that? Well, one of the things that helps with that is a new health professions building. And that came out of a $121.5 million bond that was passed in Lane County in May of 2020. Kudos to the citizens of Lane County because during the height of the pandemic, when we had no idea of how to even grapple with this, 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 uh, this virus that we were, we were, uh, that we were encountering, that the, the uh, voters and citizens of Lane County passed this, this bond. And so that is funding this health professions building to expand some of the space that we need for dental hygiene programs, for the EMS that I mentioned in nursing. And, but also, um, we have an, an industry trades education center. It's called ITEC. In this building, we're going to have trades of the future. And so you have trades that everyone is familiar with, but when you start talking about automation and how automation is going to change some of the trades, changing construction, changing advanced manufacturing, then that is what's going to be housed in this building. We're going to have an agile set of programs that are going to be preparing individuals not for just for today's jobs, but for tomorrow's jobs, and to continue doing that throughout their career. So we're just super excited about all of the offerings that we've got. Um, Clearly, we've got a lot of really good 
what we call university preparation type courses. We've got some great partnerships in that with regard with University of Oregon and other universities. And so, but we are just excited and optimistic about what the future holds. No, it's very exciting. And, and imagine a lot of people listening are thinking, wow, I maybe had no idea that that was happening, you know, again, coming out of such a strange couple of years we've had. Well, let's take our, our, our next break. We're talking with Dr. Stephanie Bolger, the, uh, the president of Lane Community College, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. The car that I donated actually was my parents' car. It needed some work to be done on it, and it got to the point that the cost of the repairs was going to be greater than the car was even worth. So I decided to check with my dad to see if he agreed that maybe we should just donate it. Yeah, he was uh, pleasantly surprised to see that he got a tax write-off, and uh, he was happy that we supported public radio. Learn more about supporting KLCC by way of a vehicle donation at our website, klcc.org. And we are back talking with Dr. Stephanie Bulger with the uh, with Lane Community College, our, our new president. So... Um, I know a big focus of, of what you want to do involves diversity, equity, and inclusion at the college, but probably you know everywhere in, in every walk of life. But specifically, talk about what you want to accomplish there. What's obviously the need and, and ways in which you can accomplish creating a, 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 an even more diverse and inclusive educational and vocational environment? I would start by saying that Lane Community College has done quite a lot of work around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and for a very long time, there's a multicultural center of faculty who are representing some racial ethnic groups. There are pockets of diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, initiatives around the campus. The uh, faculty have a uh, faculty uh, social justice kind of um, fellows who are working with diversity, equity, inclusion. Our human resources uh, and hiring processes have just been totally revamped to include, to 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 be more inclusive and to ensure that there's fairness (coughs) with regard to the, um, the hiring. And so across the campus, this institution has done quite a lot of work, even before I arrived. What I would like to do, and I believe that the institution is is really ready for that and would like to have this as well, um, is to bring diversity, equity, and inclusion into the center of the organization. So that, for example, eventually, not now, but eventually, we would not need to talk specifically about diversity, equity, and inclusion because it would be a matter of course. It would be the way that we operate at all levels and in, in operational matters. And I mentioned hiring as one example, but also in our teaching and learning, in how, we, and, who, in how and who we educate, and in our uh, evaluation of what we do because we regularly evaluate what we do in order to improve it. And so in our evaluation, uh, it, would, it would happen as well. So we do something called, it with, it, with that reg- uh, in that regard, we do something called disaggregating data. We take a look at how our students are faring um, in different ways, income and race, ethnicity and gender and, and in other kinds of ways. And we examine that very, very closely. If we are not seeing the results and the outcomes 
that we would like to see, then we examine, we, we self-examine, we, we kind of talk about that. And we're starting to look, a l well, we have been looking a lot at um, not the, just those indicators that happen after a student finishes and is gone, uh, whether that is whether or not they attained a degree and certificate and other kinds of indicators like that. But we're looking at indicators while they're with us. We call those more leading indicators. Mm -hmm. So that we're having a sense of how we might be able to intervene, what we might be able to do to keep students with us and help them along their journey. Um, we also have instituted a, um, a role called success coaches, which is so exciting. So when students come into us, they are not just floundering, <coughs> wandering around campus. They are they have a team of people around them, faculty, success coaches, tutors, others, who are able to assist them in their uh, educational journey. So d DEI is such an important matter to me, coming from in, from my background. Sure. And where I see we are now as a country, we are examining, which is so exciting, we are uh, examining where we are in every single practice that we've got. We're examining our policies. We're examining our procedures. We're examining our behavior and how we interact with one another, the language that we use. And it is really, really quite encouraging. I really, really believe that uh, for DEI to take hold and to be really successful, it comes down to how we treat one another as individuals. And so I come from, from a long time ago, from my experience in Detroit at, at the community college there, is the notion of respecting the dignity of every human being. And that's what DEI essentially is. I mean, I can be fancy if you like, and I can talk about the definitions of diversity, equity, inclusion. I can talk about research, and I can talk about all of those things. But um, what it really comes down to for me is is respect and um, respecting the dignity of every person. Sure, sure. Um, I'm interested to hear your take on, obviously, running a, a, a large higher education institution um, you, you you can be to some degree under a microscope, especially because of the fact that, like you just talked about, respect and 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 uh, dignity for all. But obviously, sometimes voices on either side of the political aisle can, can talk about, oh, education. I don't like what they're teaching there, or, or or I don't like the ideas that I'm hearing, or I don't like the censorship that maybe I'm hearing. How do you sort of manage through? The idea that there can be people probably outside of the organization who maybe aren't really necessarily hearing and seeing what's going on, but they might have read a blog post or seen something on social media. How do you help your team stay focused when there can be, for lack of a better phrase, some bomb throwers outside who just want to, for whatever reason, take on higher education? Well, we certainly appreciate that in some ways. I'll start there because okay. the value proposition of the community college is it is a higher education sector mm -hmm. and the value proposition of the community college is something we definitely want to engage about. Let's talk about that. Uh, also, we are, because we are a higher education institution, then we value differences and the airing of multiple viewpoints within a respectful and civil environment. Sure. And so that is um, <clears throat> part of board policies, and that's certainly something that we, 
we, we, we value. And so I would say that when multiple viewpoints are aired, discussed, debated civilly, then, oh my gosh, all sorts of eyes can be open. And that's, that's what I would offer uh, for, for that. So we, we do value that. It must be civil. Sure. <laughs> it must be respectful. But we certainly value that. Of course, of course. Um, switching gears a little bit, I mean, obviously, running a large community college is challenging in, in the best of times. But obviously, we're in some economic, economically challenging times now. Um, maybe we're heading into a recession. And maybe talk a little bit about how you navigate troubled economic waters or challenging economic waters when obviously, you know, so much is, is contingent on building enrollment and, and, and other factors that help fund the college. What, what, how do you lead through that? We keep our, our eye focused on serving our communities and serving them in better ways and in more ways. I fundam- fun- fundamentally believe that we, are, we have capacity in terms of serving more people in Lane County. And like I said earlier, perhaps even outside of Lane County. And it's a matter of focusing and keeping our eye on what we are, what our mission is and what we are charged to do. Our strategies are all around that focus, all around that focus, so that we are aware of the troubled waters. We are aware of the economy. We think that the economy, the the condition of the economy is actually a proposition for community colleges, and that's why we want to get the word out about more of what we can do. For example, students may not know that we have and can offer scholarships to them. We have a very, very strong foundation that raises funds where these, these incredible philanthropists give to Lane Community College because they are so invested in the college succeeding and in the people who come to the college succeeding. And you know why? It's because many of them had a community college experience. Many of them had a Lane Community College experience. And but for Lane Community College, they don't know where they would end up. Um, And so we have in the state of Oregon, we have something called the Oregon Promise, these are for first-year students and graduating high school students. We have an uh, Oregon Opportunity Grant. These are some other supports for students. We recognize that students will have basic needs issues and not just the tuition cost and the cost of books, which are costly in themselves at other, commu- uh, other institutions. For community colleges, quite a bit more affordable. But we know that they must eat. We know that they must have transportation and so they have all of these other needs as well. The state is, is from what I can tell, very supportive of students taking care of the total cost of their educations. And so what we want students to know, in fact, I'll give you a quick example of an enrollment campaign that we started when I, when I came in. We were headed toward the fall term, which started in September, talked to the team and said, let's have an enrollment campaign Let's take the next five weeks and have a full-out effort on reaching out to our community and letting them know who we are. 
one of the projects or initiatives that was that was part of that enrollment campaign was reaching out to people who had stopped out or dropped out. And what that means to us is that they had taken courses within a term or maybe two terms, and then they didn't come back to us. We reached out to them. We offered them scholarships to be able to come back to the institution through an application process. There were phone calls. There were text messages. There were emails to them, also a social media campaign to students to get them to come back to Lane. And I believe, Michael, that it was successful. I bet. I bet. You know, as we close here, I'm, 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 I'm curious if, and here's a megaphone for you right now, is there a message that you would want to tell students, or, or, or I shouldn't say students, young people in Lane, Lane County or their parents or, or whatever who th- thought, no way, I'm never going to go to college um, or, you know, I, 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 higher education is not for me because of whatever, my grades, costs, or just it, it wasn't institution, it wasn't, it wasn't foundational in my family. What would your message be to someone like that in the community about what you as the president and also the team that you've assembled, what Lane Community College can offer them? Lane Community College offers the opportunity to live the dreams that you know about and the dreams that you don't know about. It it provides an opportunity to explore, and if there's no time for exploration, it provides an opportunity for you to come and get what you want and what you need at that particular time. And then do launch, use that as a launching pad to do whatever you may want to do. We have a, some very, very, and I can't, I can't state this enough, some very committed employees and faculty who work at the college who are just waiting for people th- that you describe, people who are searching, people who are looking people who don't want to take on debt because the debt does not allow them to explore. It's a very stressful situation to take on more debt. So we provide that safe place, that kind of unique place in the county to be able to get what a person is is interested in. And so I always tell parents and and grandparents, even uncles, aunts, um, and, and others, if you know of someone who is really looking, then call us up and um, and we can, as I mentioned before, give you a tour and talk to you about all of the things that that Lane Community College has to offer. And as I know, we're we're wrapping up right now. I want to also say that um, Lane Community College, as it moves forward, is. Um, is really engaged in transformation, is engaged in intentional design about how we use our buildings, how we use our, how, how our employees are, are um, deployed in certain areas. We have learned so much, Michael, about how people learn that we are using what we've learned to improve what we're doing. Well, that means that the college can't stay the same. It's got to, to change. And when you look at, for example, the what happened before the pandemic and how many face-to-face classes that you had at, versus online classes, today you would see that 
flipped. Certainly we do have still face-to-face -face classes and we're so excited that students have come back to campus physically, but we also have more of those online and hybrid courses today than, than we had even before the pandemic. So is there change afoot? Absolutely. Is the change going to be done thoughtfully under my leadership? Absolutely. It's going to be th done thoughtfully and done intentionally. But so with all of that, I hope that I have certainly excited some folks out there you're in your, your listenership to be able to come back to Lane Community College and, and check us out. I, you certainly have. And I, I know we just scratched the surface, but you've given us a lot to digest and certainly a lot of exciting things are happening over at Lane. Thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Well, that was our conversation with Dr. Stephanie Bulger, the president of Lane Community College. Bulger is obviously optimistic that Lane's best days are ahead, and her goal is to create a great education experience that is rich in diversity and equality for all students. This has been the Oregon Rainmakers podcast on KLCC. I'm Michael Dunn, your host. Thanks for listening.